Special thanks to Vaughn Metropolitan Center for helping us bring you today's PO Leadership Snippet Podcast. Welcome to our Snippets Podcast. I'm Leon Gorin, CEO and President of PO Leadership, North America's premier peer-to-peer network and leadership advisory firm. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Glenn Poulos, the co-founder, vice president, and general manager of Gap Wireless, Inc., a leading distributor for the mobile, broadband, wireless, and test and measurement equipment markets. Gap Wireless, Inc. was recently acquired by Network Wireless Solutions. Glenn recently joined PO Leadership and is a member of Pat 11, led by Tina Young. I know he's been an awesome addition to their group, from what I hear, and I hear a lot. Um, and this past year, Glenn wrote and published his first book, Never Sit in the Lobby, 57 Winning Sales Factors to Grow a Business and Build a Career Selling. Glenn, it's great to have you with us today. Thanks, Leon. Happy to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah. So I, I thought we'd start off with, you're still working. And I'm yeah. just curious, what prompted <laughs> you to write this book? <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Not Well, so the idea came a long time ago. So um, I started selling in 1985. And um, er, early on in my uh, career, I started noticing like... Uh, repeat behaviors and trends and things. Right. And sort of, and so I started jotting them down and I, um, and a lot of times a few of them as it, it will become apparent to anyone that does read the book, that's a lot of them are like mistakes to avoid, not habits to copy. Right. And so, yeah. you know um, you know, don't do this. I did this. Don't do that kind of thing. And so a lot of times, and I would also, and, but whenever I learned a lesson or a technique or something not to do, or I would sort of name it after the person that was exhibiting the behavior and um, you know, and I would call it factor at the end, you know, so the Bob factor. Right. And uh and of course, in the book, I changed all the names to present the uh, to protect the guilty, right? But um, so those are all made up names. But um, the uh, and so after a while, then I would start repeating them, and um, you know, and then ultimately I'd share them with some people outside of my company, and then I got asked to speak at some sales meetings and sales conferences and things that back back then, and people started saying, Oh, you should, you know, and a lot of them are, can be humorous when you tell them, you know, sort of face to face. And a lot of people are like, Oh, you should write a book. And so years ago I did actually uh, having compiled many of the 57 factors, right. I, um, I took a stab at it and I, I don't know how many words I got down, uh, but nowhere near enough for a book. And I kind of shelved it, put it away. And, you know, and I basically added it to the la- that list of I'm going to be doing, you know, in quotation marks, right? I'm going to be doing this yeah. and I'm going to be doing that and sailing around the world and writing a book, right? And all that, right? And so when the pandemic came in um, 2020, I thought no better time than the present. And um, so I uh, basically looked to see, you know, I basically Googled how to write a book and uh, a list of all podcasts and things came up. I sort of clicked on the first one. And unfortunately, I can't credit the guy, but, you know, he had great advice and he basically said, look, I mean, writing a book's not that complicated. He said, just commit to writing. And he said 500 words every day without fail. Right. That was his method. And I so I thought, well, I already have things I do Monday to Friday in the morning and I don't have time to write 500 words. And I said, but on the weekends, I don't really do anything first thing in the morning so I can commit to doing 2000 words on the weekend. And so I said, I'm going to commit to doing the 2000 words, either both days or at least one day on each weekend. And within a few months, 
Um, I had 70, 75,000 words written. And of course, the first editor that I sent the book to when she removed the F word from the book, and then I dropped to 71,000 words. And uh, she said, dude, you can't swear that many times in a book. And uh, she, said, she said, you get three Fs, you know, and a couple of dams, right? And, um, yeah. and that's it, right? So it's about 71,000 words. And, uh, that, and, and I, just, I just decided that was the time to do it. I mean, we we're kind of locked up at home. Yeah. Uh, couldn't really go anywhere. And so no time like the present, right? Yeah. Well, congratulations. You know, you. so many of us talk about writing in the book and it's not easy. So, I mean, you have focus right. and you have resilience to yeah. do it every weekend to be able to write 2000 words. It's fantastic. And to get yeah. it done. So, so in this book, cause I think uh, it's, it's highly relevant today, you know, I'm sitting in different groups and, and everyone's talking about growth, you know, the challenges obviously with inflation, different things, but they're challenged with their teams as well and around salespeople. And that's really a lot of what you cover in the book. And we're not going to get a chance to go through all these different points, but if you had three things that you could share with our executives and, and these presidents and leaders around making their salespeople more effective, making their development teams more effective, what, what would they be like your top three? All right. So the, probably the first, uh, the first thing that I would point out is sort of both a a top point, but also a difference between uh, certain types of selling. So my book really appeals to the type of salesman, salesperson that expects to do the job face to face. And, um, you know, my, my company, you know, it's not important to go into the heavy technical details of what we sell, but we're selling high end technology products, instruments that um, engineers use. And then we sell uh, products to the mobile wireless, to the cellular industry. So all, all the stuff up on the towers and stuff. And right. th that stuff doesn't get bought online. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we have, we have an online store to buy widgets and, you know, and small pieces and stuff, but our, we can't sell effectively unless we visit our customers. And so a lot of my rules appeal to this, the salesperson that's going to be visiting customers and so the, you know, my, my first rule is that, you know, you have to figure out which, which business you're in. If you're in software as a service or something like that, you might have a different model. And I mean, I'm not really coaching to that sort of strategy. I'm coaching to the person that needs to get up and needs to make between, you know, 10 and 15, 20 calls a week, right? They're not making 10 calls a day, but they're making high value calls and, you know, and it, it, it provides a series of strategies and techniques on how you can keep your, your, your call book full so that you're not, you know, you don't have to prospect, um, you know, spend hours and hours prospecting. But the, right. the first lesson and rule is that, you know, sitting is not selling. Right. Yep. And so, so many of you, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm planning and I'm, you know, well, salespeople, one, they're always happiest when they're in front of customers and, but sometimes they get struggled to get in front of those customers, but when they get there, they're actually happiest. That's when they're the happiest. Right. And, yep. and um, you know, they're, they're singing the song of the products they sell and uh, you know, and they're, they're visiting people and you know, it's, it, it's, it's what motivates them. And, um, and, but sometimes they get stuck in this pattern of, you know, Oh, Mondays I'm in the office doing my this and Fridays I'm in my office planning. And, and so, but I always had this thing and I do go on about it in the book a fair bit about that sitting is not selling, right? Like your job right. as a salesperson is really to be in front of the customer and anything that's getting in the way of that plus or minus some small amount of administration that's expected in any business, you know, a salesman has 
certain amount of administrivia that's required yeah. um, is not, you're not, you're just, you're just pretending to be working. And, um, and so that's kind of like a little rule that I have, you know, a little rule that I call it sitting is not selling. If you're sitting in your chair and if you come to our office, it's like, we're the salesman's desk or we don't right. have any, right? Like we have a little, we have a little huddle room for salespeople. We have phones and desks they could borrow and, but none of them have like a, a cubicle with their name on it. Um, you know, some of our salesmen work from home in, in the regions where we don't have an office, but, um, but again, we're expecting them to be in front of customers, um, you know, around f- approximately four to four and a half days a week. Right. And, um, yeah. not, not, notwithstanding any restrictions from COVID, which are now, re- re- most of our customers are allowing us to visit them now, but I mean, it was a very special case from March, 2020 until today. But, um, but most of our customers now and our salesmen are all, you know, back in front of customers and, and more happy than they've ever been. Right. I think you described it as I, I picked up seeing the white, their, their, the white of their eyes. Yeah. In one, in yeah. your book. Right. Yeah. And to be able to do yeah. that I, on that first point, is it, has COVID and the whole digitization changed that a little bit? Like when you're dealing with your salespeople today, you know, everybody's finding the hybrid work part. We're not even talking about that, but the idea of Zoom versus getting up, going yeah. to their place of business now, which is open, would you change anything from an efficiency perspective? Would it change your, your thinking today? It would be nice if I could, I would love to be able to say yes to that sort of a thing, but I don't, I'm not a, um, the, Zoom only takes only really I show find has value when you're doing, uh, for instance, a webinar or training session of some sort or another where yeah. the technical resources are in Germany or, you know, France or something in the United States. And, you know, it's, it's, it's in, it's in, uh, convenient to fly everybody in right now and what have you, but not yeah. for like sales calls or what have you. It's as a matter of fact, like the, most of our customers, we're almost like we called it zoomed out, right? Where, because what happened was our salesmen were face-to-face sales guys. And I always talk about dropping off donuts, something in your hand, something in your mind, right? When you're showing up at customers and all of a sudden, bang, they're locked up at home for, you know, uh, 18 months or whatever, you know, whatever it's been. And um, <clears throat> I guess two years almost in some cases, but the customer's very quickly tired of these. Like, so everyone's like, everyone's doing a webinar. Like, you know, yeah. and in the beginning, the people, the the customers, the engineers and our contacts at these, these uh, high technology companies, they're probably struggling figuring out what to do at home and how do I do my job? So they were saying yes to a lot of these webinars. It felt busy, but in short order, they were dropping off. They're turning off their cameras. They were tuning out and, there wasn't a lot of, um, it, it, it just wasn't producing any results for us. And so we, of course, maintained doing them and what have you in the absence of, of any, but we struggled to keep the attendance levels up over yeah. time. And honestly, <clears throat> a lot of them uh, just weren't effective. And uh, so- Well, we it certainly doesn't let you uh, walk around their floor, the, the production right. facilities. You can't get a mini tour. Up. You right? can't get that mini tour that you talk yeah, about, which sort of right. opens your eyes to their business. Yeah. So yeah, and that's right, where so you I'm, see that's where you see that the that he's actually buying your competitor's product, and he just hasn't told you, right? You need yeah. to go on a mini tour, right? And uh, yeah, <laughs> to see what's going. Um, yeah, would there be another point that you would share yeah. with everybody so, around? Sure. So the one that I like to always point out is, um, and a lot of people scratch their head sometimes, and is I'm like, don't confuse marketing with selling, right? So the way I break it down, and of course, 
I don't have, I don't have a PhD in marketing and I don't have a PhD in selling. Right. I just, I just have 30 years of experience and building two great companies. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm making, you know, gross, I'm making sort of gross assumptions here. And these are like in the street comments of what I've learned, you know, in the trenches. Right. And what I mean by don't confuse marketing with selling is I, for me, I break it down simply when you're face to face with the customer, you're selling everything else is marketing. All that nonsense on LinkedIn and, oh, I'm digital social selling. That's not selling. That's not selling. Selling is done face-to-face with the customer. The rest of it is lead generation marketing. It's, it's, and if you're doing it as the salesperson, you're not doing your job. Your job, the salesman's job is to sell. The marketing job is the, to bring those customers and the salespeople together. Right. And that can be done through a wide variety of electronic methods and medias. And people will argue with me. And I just, I, I, I mean, I don't enter into like debate. I just don't agree. Like that, that, because a lot of people, some people can just sell all their product online. It's digital ordering and it's click funnel this and click funnel that. And I mean, we're selling hundred thousand dollar instruments. People don't buy it through click funnel. Like, I mean, they want to look at it, touch it, try it, you know, et cetera, make sure it works. I bring the boss down from upstairs and show him what he's spending a hundred thousand dollars on, you know? And I mean, I'm appealing to anyone that formerly sold face-to-face and, you know, and is expecting to go back to -to face-to-face selling now after the pandemic and not to confuse, Oh, I do it all. I get, you know, LinkedIn, this and LinkedIn, that the marketing people should be doing that. You want to be involved in sales groups and other things on LinkedIn and maintain your professional career, but when you're doing that, you're actually marketing yourself and you're marketing, you're still not selling though, right? And that's, so yeah. that's just the golden rule for me is don't confuse the marketing with selling and, and don't let the, you know, and management sometimes think, oh, well, yeah, he's doing all this cool LinkedIn stuff and we're getting all these leads and whatever. But I mean, you could hire lead generation companies to do that. You get the marketing team to do that. The salesperson is the only one that can get out of his chair, get in his car, drive to the customer and sell the product, Right. Yeah. So that's a golden rule for me. And um, oh, that kind of resonates with me. Thanks for that one, Glenn. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I like marketing. It's maybe my comfort zone. I should be out there selling. Well, remember the first rule, <laughs> sitting is not selling, right? And marketing is done in your seat. So they tend to, the thing, the, the rules all flow together from the book. Eh? And, uh, yeah. you know, like, and, um, you know, cause once I start talking about the, the, the rules in the book, the, the rules, like seven or eight rules will just flow out right all at once because they're all interconnected. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, so the, uh, um, that's great. And the other, the, the other third sort of, uh, you asked me for sort of three highlights yeah. or something like that was the, you know, this is not quite to do with, with selling, you know, per se, like being a salesperson, but actually it's just being in a functional, uh, company with a boss and with customers. And, and that is that you only get forever to make another impression. You know what I would call it? Like it's a golden rule of mine. And people are like, what the hell are you talking about? You only get forever to make another impression. They're like, I thought it was like first impressions matter or something like that. I'm like, dude, you've been working here five years. You've been making a lot more than first impressions. You make an impression every time I walk by your desk and I see you alt tab from Facebook back to your contact, your CRM that's yeah. an impression. Right. And, yeah. um, and so I use these, you know, like kind of, um, you know, uh, bold examples, like where I say like, you know, 
when you hear the sound of the owner's car, you know, he maybe has a nice car, he pulls in with his Jaguar and you can hear that sumble, that rumble of that engine hitting the parking lot out front, or you hear his car door, you will hear the ways his feet, you, you, you immediately want to be looking like the most important person in the building, doing the most work every single time, right? Like, because, yeah. because every time you make an impression, you're making an impression. And so, with customers, with your, with your boss, with your coworkers, every, every interaction is an opportunity to make an impression. Why not take every opportunity to make a good impression every single time, right? That's why I have all the rules about never sit in the lobby, always have something in your hand, something in your mind, you know, um, you know, et cetera, in order to, you know, uh, in order to make wise use of the time and, you know, for instance, like meetings, sales meetings, things like that. Don't show up to these things without a, you know, a personal, like an agenda and a reason for being there. If you're not needed in the meeting, then decline the meeting. Don't go, you know, ask to be taken off. And, um, and when you go make a good impression, you know, and, um, and so it's just a career advice thing that I give people. And um, a lot of people sort of, they, they kind of like slough it off in a way. And it's like, ah, it's, you know, whatever you're just being, you know, dramatic. And I'm like, well, that's fine. But I've actually owned two companies that rent companies for 30 years. And I can assure you that every time I see you, you're making an impression. So, yeah, you know, if you're working for someone else, you're definitely making an impression on that person too. Right. So, you know, it's, uh, uh, you just kind of take it for what it's worth, but, uh, but I no, follow that, it. I think and, it's a really, really important uh, point. And it pertains yeah. to actually leadership as well as the yeah. leader, right? You're making yeah. an impression all the time on the people well, that work with you. Yeah. I actually quote General Schwarzkopf in the book, right? About leadership, right? And it's yeah. like when he um, when he was brought in for Desert Shield to um, <clears throat> in uh, early 90s or whatever, and they asked him, like, how do you lead 100,000 troops? Like, how do you be a leader? of that many people. And, um, he says, well, when you're, when you put in a leadership position, take charge and, and, and lead, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you know, you, you have to be there, you have to lead, you have to make decisions, right. That's what a leader's job is. And it's not to do the, all the work and, you know, drive the tank, but it's to lead all the people and all the teams and, and be that person and be that rock that's required. And, um, so that's great. Yeah. Well, Glenn, I, I, I got you to share those three things. I'm not getting to the other point because I, oh, I know I'm yeah. trying to hold this to 12 minutes, 15. Yeah. yeah 12, we're over the 12 minutes. Yeah. That's all. Okay. okay. But yeah. um, you know, th- just for the audience uh, as well, just Glenn has sold two businesses. And and my other question to him is, you know, the lessons learned between the first and second uh, business that you sold, most of us are lucky enough to just sell one business. You've right. done it twice. And so we won't get to that, but hopefully we'll get to that another time. Sure. The other thing, we're very fortunate to have you as part of PO Leadership. And I know members that are listening to this, either around that selling the business and or around the book on the selling techniques and stuff, please feel free to reach out to Glenn, pick up his book as well. And uh, I, I asked Glenn, would you drop into one of our groups and I'd he said, okay, so I'm holding yeah. him to that. He has no idea yeah. what he's just <laughs> agreed to do. So that's awesome. So Glenn, thank you so much thank for you. joining us today and sharing your insights. Thanks, Leon. And for those of you listening, if you're interested in our live webcast, The Way Forward Live and any, any other snippets, please take a moment and visit us at poleadership.com. You'll find on our site various previous recorded webcasts, which include guests such as Morgan Housel, Professor Dennis Stein, 
Harvard's Roosevelt Cantor, Michael Beer, Rob Chestnut, Dr. Greg Wales, the list goes on. Um, as we cover such topics as mental health, leadership, the new world, and a host of others. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you again shortly.